Okay, all right. The new day, a new episode. The sun is shining somewhere in the world. I don't know, maybe. Um, and we have a new guest, all the way from uh, Germany, Mr. Gregorio, the second, uh, the second coming of Greg. It is. It is. Yes. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me back, Marcus. Yes, of um, course. It's a pleasure. <laughs> I mean, I I haven't been lately uh, paying attention to your updates. I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, I'm very busy working, um, and I have been having very, very little space for uh, new podcasts. Um, I usually just listen to them in Spanish. Of course. So, uh, I mean, mo most of my podcasts are in uh, Norwegian. I would say like, uh, you know, 95% maybe are in uh, Norwegian. Right. So I would not uh, expect you to... Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't even expect... Uh, uh, any support from my my closest friends, even to be honest, like this is such oh, a, in my opinion, you know, it, it always shocks me every time someone tells me like, oh yeah, yeah, listen to that episode, or I just uh, yeah checked out your podcast. I'm always like, what the fuck? You have nothing <laughs> else to do? Like, is this is this how you spend your time? I mean, I mean, I I, I personally feel bad for not being uh, updated on, on, on or keeping track on your podcast. But uh, you already told me the last time that you were doing most of the episodes in Norwegian. Yep. And since I don't speak Norwegian, um, well, I just just didn't notice or didn't um, rub myself on my calendar to check up on your, <laughs> on your um, podcast. But uh, I will be very pleased or very, um, I will be very um interested to trying to understand your podcast but uh right right i mean it's uh, it's nothing to understand really it's just like asking random people to sit down and you know talk shit for an hour like just check in with random people uh, uh some people i do know some people i don't know and that's basically the whole concept of the show or podcast is just find someone Ask them if they want to come on a podcast and just talk about life, right? Just like share, share some ideas and thoughts about what the fuck is going on in that individual's life and, and my life, of course. You know, it's like, uh, um, I think I think having uh, like a conversation like that is, um, I don't want to say necessarily that it's rare, uh, but I think it's rare to have. It's rarer than it was before to have like an honest conversation where the relationship between the two people who have the conversation um, is not, um, say, affected by what is said, right? So whatever you say right now or whatever I say to you, there's no reason for us not to be completely honest because there, there are no consequences, you know? It's not like, uh, oh, I'm going to... Like say if if I was in your family, right? There would be consequences, so you just wouldn't you wouldn't say anything that you like because we are probably going to meet next Thanksgiving or whatever, you know. So, okay. so that that's that's the whole concept. It's just like okay, let's see what happens if we can invite two people who have no are not benefiting from having this conversation in any way other than personal. There's no like sponsors. There's no money in it. Um, and there's nothing to gain other than having a good conversation. You know, that's that's the concept. So, 
So yeah, I do. I do quite um, agree with your point. Uh, we several like several times we underestimate um, anonymity, yeah. and I do believe that especially in Northern Europe, a lot of people they don't they don't feel free to talk about their very personal things, you know? And I've been having quite a problem to uh, meet people that are as open as I am because usually, well, I, me as a Latino, I, I have the tendency to be very personal with people because I'm trying, like, I don't, I, I don't have a problem with my privacy mm-hmm. per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in Mexico, you this it's legal to take pictures of people on the street and mm. just like public them, as as in the U.S., for example. Um, but here in Germany, like everyone is just like, oh no, no, don't take pictures of me or something like that. Mm. Mm. Um, I mean, um, there's a lot of rights and laws put into place to sort of protect anonymity and. Uh, the right to privacy, especially in Northern Europe, like you said, I think. And I, I think that also sort of reflects, like you also said, I think we talked about this uh, a little bit last time because you'd been in Sweden and you'd live in Germany, you know, so you, uh, but you're from Mexico, so you sort of see the, the polarity or the differences in the culture. But I think, um, yeah, I, th- I think those laws uh, reflect our our culture our nation's personality uh and just how how uh, we we um yeah like we like to we like to keep to ourselves like uh, i'm from oslo and there's this uh nickname for oslo called in english it would be like the tiger state the tiger city and uh, and that's only because people are kind of acting like tigers they're like don't come near me don't touch me. Oh, don't okay. Uh, okay. talk to me because I might bite. And so, even though we're almost like a million people living there, it's very like you don't really know your neighbors, you know. And of course, it's it's almost like a given. Like no one in Oslo knows their neighbors. It's almost weird if you know your neighbor. You're like, oh, whoa, you know your neighbor? What the fuck? Just in Oslo, right? Well. Uh, I think it's a part of the like like we also talked about last time. I think it's a part of the Norwe- uh, the European, Northern European or Scandinavian culture to be like that, but especially in also yeah yeah. Oh yeah, you you told me about that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's interesting. Like um, like my friends, they're like, uh, oh, I, you know, when I talked, uh, when I told them that I was gonna start a podcast and just do this and just talk shit, they were like. Really? Wow, that's uh <laughs> they're like the reaction was mostly like, "Oh, wow, really? That's that's brave." And I was like, "What? That's brave? As brave to talk shit for an hour with no like <sighs> like that's not brave. That's having okay. a conversation." And they're yeah. like, "Oh, well, yeah, but you're putting it out there." And I was like, "Yeah, well, <laughs> well, first of all, no one's going to listen. And second of all, <laughs> it, it it's it's who I am. So like, should I be ashamed? Should I like try to keep it a secret what i talk with people about like yeah so so yeah i, th- I think that's weird i think that's you're weird. totally you're totally right like it's it's um you you have kind of like this freedom 
feeling, you know, like you just can't be yourself. You don't have to put your masquerade and go through the street and um, trying to get along with society. You can't just be yourself. Yep. Uh, especially me, because I have very weird hobbies. And uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was I was just like talking talking to my to my girlfriend yesterday. Um, she indeed feels ashamed about I don't I don't remember if I told you about this one uh last time that I'm into this very specific scene in Germany uh I think I know where you're going leather BDSM yeah um, well or... exactly well not exactly BDSM but okay. mostly bondage and latex right and right. um I mean we have this conversation or discussion several times because she wants to like be low-key with that topic specifically about me and i like i don't i don't have a problem with it i might have a problem with letting people know what exactly i do mm. <laughs> but because i don't it... have a problem with telling people well this is my fetish this is like this is me mm. and um I don't I don't have a problem with being at last time I was in Berlin just were completely in latex and like no <laughs> one cared about it. So I was like what oh, right, you mean like are I you talking about I've... on the street? You were on the street in yeah, latex? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think because... I would look. I think I would look and like, you know, raise some eyebrows, but I would still be like, okay, he's doing his thing. Like I don't I don't care. It's not my life. So I wouldn't like judge you, but I would look and be like, huh, that's that's something. <laughs> exactly um you know maybe maybe in mexico i will never do this mm. but since i'm in a foreign country and like okay like right now with the internet like everyone in mexico can figure out that i'm into this kind of stuff but especially berlin has a very um anonymity kind of vibe because everyone is just like letting every every single other person be, mm. and I did for, like for real. I didn't have a, a single problem with being on the subway, completely latex. Because I I was like I'm gonna take a taxi to the party, but I was like nah, I'm just gonna go walking, mm. and I was with a friend, and I told him like, hey, like should we just like go walking? And he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm we're just like. We're just would you say that that's kind of like uh are are you also into like exhibitionism? <laughs> I'm actually well there's a thing in eastern germany um I I'm, I'm being completely honest yeah, yeah eastern germans love fkk which is like freie körperkultur or um the culture of being naked outside or just like a um, like a nudist yeah, for example, on 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 beaches yeah. or during the summer, just people get naked and they just lay on the grass. <laughs> and for me, it's just like, whoa, what are you doing, guys? Right, right. <laughs> <Why are> you... <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not naked, but I'm wearing latex. Yeah. So I don't, I I don't necessarily like feel like that I'm being exhibitionism or I'm being exhibitionist. Uh, it's not illegal, so I was like, yeah, whatever. And I, I do feel free, to be honest. Like, I can just 
um, exercise my hobbies, not in like the comfort of my home, but I just can like be. Mm-hmm. And um, this is this is kind of like a point of discussion for me and my girlfriend because she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. She tells me this is your hobby and it's it's great. Like I respect you, but I don't want to get involved into this because I'm I'm really serious about my privacy and how people see me. Mm-hmm. And of course, I, I I have other things that I'm I'm pretty ashamed to or I won't easily share to other people that maybe has a lot to do with my mental state. Right. Um, Which is natural. But, I mean, everyone has that. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I'm not gonna uh, talk to to the next person on the street and tell them tell him that I have daddy issues, for example. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I do believe three quarters of the of this world has daddy issues, right. but in one way I, or the other, right? I yeah. I think no one discloses it to every single person they meet. Yeah, yeah, and maybe they don't. Maybe they don't even know it. You know, it's like that Freudian uh, thing, right. right? Where it's like. Everyone marries their mom or their dad, kind of, or the yeah, exact exactly. opposite because they have daddy or mommy issues, right? It's like it's all related to, uh, yeah, to your fucked up childhood somehow, right? So, it's true. But um, but yeah, that's interesting. I, I I think I mean, do you have a new girlfriend than from when we talked last time? Oh, the first skull. Skull, yeah. Uh, after yes. Um, I don't know. I don't exactly know. Like I'm, I'm being with my girlfriend since I, um, since we, we talked last, last time. Yeah. So it's pretty much the same one. Mm. I don't know. I, let me see if I have a picture of her. I, uh, well, maybe, maybe it's better that I don't show her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're just talking about how she wants her privacy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Here's her address. This is what you like. (laughs) This is her phone number. (laughs) Yes. Um, no, I, I do believe, I do believe so because we have been together for almost a year. Right. So I don't, yeah, but it was, it has been longer than a year since the last time we, we talked. I mean, and, you and me. So yeah, yeah. it's pretty much the same one. Not, not your girlfriend. It's not been a year since you talked to your girlfriend? No, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, we regularly talk. Like, yeah. if, if we, we <laughs> you, you know what? I have, I have this, we, like, several, or it's very often that we discuss about politics or psychology. Okay. Even though I don't have a heck of an idea what psychology uh, involves. But I've been reading a little bit of Young. Okay. And um, it's very interesting. But the problem is I don't I like I, I miss the whole Freudian theory because Jung was or Jung was like an apprentice of Freud, or he was collaborating with him. Yep. And since I don't have the fundamentals, like I have a very and I, I mean I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that I understand Jung completely. But I, I do believe that he um, shares very interesting points, which I already forgot which ones because I that was a long time ago. But uh, my point is, um, we have really like this ego sh- struggles, my girlfriend and me. Like we hate to say that we are wrong mm. and give the other one <clears throat> the reason. Right. You know, 
and it's been a major obstacle in our relationship because we like like several times during during a week we have very tense moments in which uh we discuss about a very passionate topic and like i don't want to give up on my point even though i know that i don't have any any deep knowledge about psychology but i i do believe that i know a lot right so i mean it's just ego man i i tell you yeah yeah it's uh it's the biggest obstacle in life i think imagine life without an ego though without any uh desires any needs uh you know that's basically jesus for you you know yeah limitless <laughs> yeah <laughs> just much. like just like you're just this vessel this like uh what's it called like a uh, catalyzer for love because you don't have an ego right that's like the whole buddhist doctrine thing it's like get rid of yeah, your sure. ego right get rid of your desires you don't really exist you're just like energy that can do positive things or negative things and if you don't uh, really prioritize your own ego if it doesn't exist in your mind then it's just it's just love because why not just put all of your energy to to uh say clean the streets clean the ocean uh, help the homeless like basically be jesus or be like a buddha or whatever you know so of course ego is like the big problem for all human beings i think and it's interesting because you you now uh you came right from uh, cleaning up your old apartment right or yeah so yeah, full full on paint oh okay i think i think uh i think it looks clean from what i can see your shirt looks oh yeah which is like partially but uh, there's a lot of little stains all right all right well um now you're moving in with your girlfriend and you just said like you have a lot of uh passionate discussions to put it nice uh how do you think that's gonna be how how is this uh big step moving in with uh your girlfriend what do you feel you know um we really try to make a very peaceful ambient here um i do believe that we like either me or her enjoy to um being into these tense situations because like i mean um i can deal there like it can there's there can be situations in in in, in which i can yield and i can say hey actually you have a very good point and you might be right or you are right or i see your same point um but she is not like that mm-hmm. and for her to yield is giving up her personality right because right. her perspective perspective and um view of the world and how it, it it moves and works that's that is her um the meaning of herself that's her identity you know like yielding for her is as dangerous as for identity problems can be Mm. Mm. 
Right. And this is this is worrying until a certain point because I'm just afraid that she's not able to yield at all, you know. Mm. But she's far left politically politically wise. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like liberal, so in between. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of problems talking about po- politics. And uh, I mean, it's nice to hear what she has to say. Um, we were talking about, like, she convinced me about one thing, the big thing, after reading two books, actually. Uh, it was the, um, uh, the word, the word in English is non-conditional basic income or universal basic income. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. UBI. And I don't believe Nor- Norway was testing out this kind of system. I think it was Sweden. I think it was Finland, actually. Well, maybe Sweden, too. I don't know. Or Finland, yeah. yeah. And it, like, there's a lot of tests going around the world or happened in the past few decades. And it's very promising. Like, yeah. I was, like, I was just looking at the, at the facts. And I was, like, holy shit. Because I was very against it. Like, I'm, I'm very conserv- conservative about giving money for free. Yeah, yeah. Especially if it's tax money. Yeah. Um, but I was, like, thinking, but it's, it's true. Like, Is that your dog? No, that's my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Someone crawling on the floor in the background? All right. Uh, maybe, maybe she can. Amor? Please don't hello, Zang. Uh, cause she's asking if you, like, if you can cut this out. <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. I, I, I like mean, the, it's not, the video is not, uh, it's not coming in anyways. So. Oh, okay. No, the video is not, um, also this video kommt nicht, nicht hoch. It's funny. I can like understand what you're saying, although I don't know German. Echt? Oh, right. Yeah. All I know is, hello. Oh, hello. Oh, she, uh, yeah, well, I, oh. I'm just in the audio here, but he guten says, she says, he says, guten tag. Was wolltest du mal? Ach so, okay, alles klar. Oh, she, she wanted to pick up her laptop. Um, well, now you know her. Right, right, <laughs> maybe, there we go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I was, I don't know, I, I don't remember. But, yeah. Um, Universal basic we income, talking, right? Sorry? Universal basic income. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I saw the facts and I was like, oh, my God, I was so wrong. This is the future. This is for real the future. Forget about like this uh, Hatsfia. Hatsfia is a program for people that is unemployed in Germany. Right, right. And they get like the most basic um, um, cash flow mm. from the state. Yeah, yeah. Which is like 650 euros. Yeah, just welfare checks, kind of. Exactly, welfare. Yeah. yeah. And it's like people live very miserably with this money in Germany. So, um, like, universal basic income is like, which blew my mind. Like, mm. that, because at the very first question is people is not going to go to work anyway. But, the the uh the end game is or the end result is like just one tenth of the people 
didn't search like act actively search for work um, because most of the people they want to they want to have a trip they want to have vacations they want to um, get a, a better car or yeah. a yeah. nice apartment yeah. so they need to earn money and that's the the biggest incentive in going to, into like to work yeah. and it's like I don't know like how do you see it since in 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 Norway but here in germany is very heavily discussed yeah no i think uh i think it is in norway as well maybe not as much as it should be because i think we have maybe this is like stroke my own dick saying this but um i think we have like the best welfare system in the world you know it's like and it's been like that for many years whereas um so i guess in some way you could say that we had um Like, if you really don't want to work in Norway, like, that's your main goal in life, to not work, it's not that hard to live on welfare checks. I mean, it's hard in the way that you have very limited uh, money. So you have very few options to, say, like you said, buy a car, go on a trip or whatever, but it's not that hard to get paid not to work. Um, um, so I think maybe that's why we haven't had that Uh, discussion as much um but i i mean to be completely honest i i still i'm kind of like you i it's like i uh, i've seen some articles uh saying like say for for instance the results with uh, the the trials in uh, finland which was like a couple of years ago that was just like amazing i was like how can this work on a big scale level like how can this work for a whole country or say a whole continent right I don't really understand it because if you give everyone a million dollars, no one really gets any richer, you know? So doesn't that mean if everyone in a country gets a million dollars, then just prices on everything go up? Um, so I didn't, I still don't really understand that part, but uh, like inflation, but, um, but I think because of, Uh, AI, it's kind of like um, an AI and just uh, uh, machines taking all over, taking over all of the like boring jobs that people wouldn't go to work for for free. Let's say, like if you're a comedian or if you're like a, a pro soccer player, of, or if you just really love your job, like you're gonna go to work even if you don't get paid. But all the jobs where people hate doing it they're eventually going to be replaced by machines. And therefore, you need something to... Because we're just too many people to all have fun jobs. So so you, you need something to like uh, give to the people who don't have the option to go to work, even if they would like to. And it's not really necessarily their fault, you know. But now I'm talking like in 30, 40 years or something, you know. So... I'm because uh... otherwise you would have to like like uh, otherwise you would have to uh, sort of uh, which I think a lot of companies are doing right now I think we're doing right now is we're hiring people and we're not really uh, automizing or, or what's it what's the name automizing oh that's not Yeah, I, 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 I know what I mean? you're talking about. Right. We're not really using the technology that would be a lot more efficient in doing the jobs that some humans do now. 
because we don't have universal income. So yeah. who's going to buy the who's going to buy the shit from the stores if people are not making money and so we sort of employ them in all these bullshit jobs that don't really they don't really need people don't really need to work them but people need a nation needs to have uh citizens who have money in order for the economy to go around and if you don't have universal income it's like well how are we going <laughs> to how are we going to make the economy go around if people don't have money so there's i think that's why there's so many like bullshit jobs that just don't serve any real purpose um like say like oh, oh, this is this is something that is brought, i don't know you probably have this in germany as well right but um there shouldn't be as many people working in grocery stores as there are right now i think because there is definitely technology available for uh these stores to not have employees to basically just have one or two employees right and you could have like the customers checking out their own merch their own groceries which there are most stores here in Norway have that now so you have the option do you want to go to this uh this person sitting behind the do you want to go to this cashier or do you just want to catch you know don't wait in line and just um uh put the groceries in the bag yourself right and uh you could do that <laughs> with way less people you know so um things like that just brings me a lot of cognitive dissonance because it's like <laughs> if i go to this uh, uh self checkout am i indirectly causing this other guy who works there to be fired and how does he feel because he's watching all these customers using the self checkout which is a lot faster no lines and he just you know you do everything yourself put it right in the bag there's no conveyor belt so it's just like right in there scan it right in the bag so it's much it's much more efficient much better um and much less risk of viruses right that's the other thing too so this guy is watching me put him out of work <laughs> by the store's own uh integration of this new technology so it's it's so fucked up because i feel bad i'm like hey you you work your job is to do what i as a customer am doing right now but i am a, i as a customer i'm doing it way more efficiently and way better and there's no risk of corona you know so it's it's so yeah. fucked up isn't it like he's watching yeah. himself be replaced by machines yeah it's weird it's it's, tr- it's true and and i'm pretty much I, this i don't know if uh this this situation applies to another uh huge thing that i've been thinking about lately and is um buying meat on the grocery store you see a very nice package with a happy cow on the package um from like okay, i don't know if you can if, like you can buy steaks yeah. you can buy uh grind meat yeah. and like the product is a very nice um end product you know like super package uh meat inside of it but you don't you don't have the exp- like you don't experience all the pain or all the struggle 
that has to do with processing this product um, during the, the chain supply. Mm. And this is, this is like a, a topic that is, is um, um, ringing a lot of bells at the uh, Bundestag in Germany, which is the, like, uh, the Congress. Um, because they say, okay, we have a lot of climate change problems that are being influenced by this industry, but nevertheless, the client, the customer doesn't know what everything that involves this little meat package that at the end, they just like buy because it's, it seems nice and it seems, yeah, um, that's says uh, a lot of companies are using lately is greenwashing, which is like trying to say like, oh, we were producing this this specific meat with uh, renewable energies, and you greenwash right, right. the yeah. meat. Yep. Um, and it's um, been talking about a lot about that with my girlfriend as well, how companies are uh, using this whole climate change emergency on um, to try and sell more or at least not to uh, let their sales sink because people realize that um the meat industry um actually um impacts negatively into climate change uh mm. in the overall and we'll just like talk about this consequence and not involving all the morals and ethics about treating an animal into the certain way we do right now with industrial farming but just talking about this kind of um phenomena it's just like people is realizing oh actually that piece of meat had to do or had to be produced during a lot and a very um consequence full kind of supply chain so yeah, I think it's 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 a very interesting topic. What everything is going through now in the, in, into politics, but I was thinking about a very specific thing that I've been thinking a lot uh, lately, and maybe we don't we don't think about it too often. And is how do you see how do you see death? I think I know that is it's just like a very extreme change of topic, but how do you see that in in, in Norway? Oh, in Norway in general, <clears throat> I think, uh, you know, I think, first of all, I think uh, the majority of the population is somewhat um, athe atheistic. Uh, so in terms of our perspective as a country on death, I think uh, most people just think that there is no afterlife and, and that, uh, you know, uh, another thing, another aspect of it is that we have no... Um, there might be some discussion around it, but w but we have no uh, assisted suicide option, or is that what you call it? Yeah, assisted suicide, right? Like yeah, I think I I do. I do. Uh, yeah. So so we're doing what most people in the Western world are doing, religious or not, and it's like this huge pro un in my opinion unnecessary prolonging of life 
Like it's uh, something like it, let's say you're 80 and uh, your life is shit. You're super depressed. Uh, you're at this home with other old people who are just waiting to die. Uh, and you have um, you have um, uh, cancer uh, and uh, you're going to die soon anyway. And it's just every day is a pain. And there is no way for you to um, end your life because uh, the government basically won't let you. It's illegal to commit suicide and it's, of course, illegal with assisted suicide. So, so uh, I mean, that's how we as a country view death, I think, uh, at least human death. Um, you know, um, make sure that people live as long as possible, no matter what, and that after you die, you will be um, nothing. Um, be good fertilizer, but no more <laughs> than that. Um, I, yeah. How do you see? How do you see it personally? Like, do you, are you are you afraid? Are you I, I neutral? Think, I I mean, I've thought about death uh, a lot, and um, I think what I've um, I think that I'm not afraid to die, but I am afraid of experiencing death. So being dead is, in my opinion, not a problem because when I'm dead, there is no problem. There is no me to have a problem. So, so dying is not a problem. But the pro the process of dying and like, um, like say you get in a car crash, a car accident. Like the pain of like bleeding out before the ambulance gets there. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of the pain. Or if I die of cancer, it's like, ugh, I'm afraid of uh, not being able to breathe or, you know, um, <clears throat> just the living pain that is the process of dying. That's what I'm afraid of, you know. But death in itself, I'm not really afraid. Like, not really afraid of that, no. Oh yeah, and uh, and in terms of uh, afterlife and everything, I'm, I I I don't want to say that I'm an agnostic because I feel like it's so, I don't know, so like ambiguous in a way. So it's just so like, it doesn't say anything. It's, saying that you're an agnostic is basically saying like, yeah, I don't know shit. So, which is true, but yeah. it's just it doesn't really say anything. So, but I think that there's some. Um, you know, you mentioned Jung. I think that there might be some collective consciousness. There might be... It makes a lot of sense if there is just one energy playing that it's not one energy, you know, because that's what I would do if I was God or if I was this energy that is the universe, let's say. Like, if I knew everything and was everything, I would just pretend to not be that for a while. You know, I would pretend to be Gregorio in Berlin trying to move in with his girlfriend, see how that was. And I would also pretend to be this idiot in Norway trying to have a podcast with everyone about everything. Like, I would just feel everything, right? That's what I would do if I was this unified energy. And so, in terms of my afterlife, I think it's kind of like... Uh, when we die, we sort of go back to the green room, like the show is over, like now you're back to this whole big consciousness, you know, um, 
which maybe doesn't even feel like anything. Maybe it's just nothing. I don't know. But I, I think that's essentially what that that's my best best uh, bet. I think. Yeah, I actually do. I if I kind of like agree into that I might be or might have the same perspective. Um, but for me to grasp it as, a, as an idea, as an, an experience, um, getting back into the entity, it's just very difficult to grasp. Yeah, it's, it's impossible, right? And I think that's why... I think that's why there might be something there because it's very possible to grasp, let's say you're a Muslim, right? And it's like, oh yeah, you get 72 virgins. It's like, oh yeah, I can count to 72 and I know what virgins look like and I want to fuck them. Like, So it's very easy, easily to grasp or it's like, what is God? Oh, he's this big white man with a white beard and uh, he'll take care of you when you die. Like that's, that's an idea that is very easy to understand, right? Yeah. But going back to just just nothing which is everything <laughs> that is impossible for humans to understand and that's why i think that there's something there because i don't think we're supposed to know what consciousness is i don't think we're supposed to know why we're here what we're doing i don't think i think that's why those questions are so hard because um that's the whole point the whole point is to pretend that we're not this big energy that knows and is everything and nothing at the same time um, just for the fun of it. To go through tragedies, have wars, be in love, exp like experience this energy that is yourself in as many people, as many animals, as many uh, weather uh, situations, climate changes, fires, just like this is energy. This is the best that energy can do. Um, I think that's. I think that makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, it is almost impossible to understand what the fuck that is. Because, yeah, yeah, I'm not. It's just going to be too abstract going into this. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the thing is, uh, we are very simple life. Um, beings that just think three-dimensional and we just we are for example i i'm myself an engineer and i i'm, I'm very passionate about astronomy and it took me a, a relatively quite good amount of time to understand relativity and the only way to understand it in the most basic way is like this blanket and you put like heavy things in the blanket and you throw like you throw like a like a, a pebble or like a small ball, mm -hmm. and you see that this ball curves into what the like the, into the curves that heavy objects are um, doing into the blanket. I don't know if you have seen this this uh, this example. No, I don't think so. Uh, no, but I'm trying to imagine it and. Uh... It's okay. qu quite difficult to explain, um, but it's like if you see it, it's just like oh, oh like just like that. It's um, but the thing is, and we're just 
trying to understand for the fourth dimension, right? The the cross um, section of um, time and space, and just like trying to understand future theoretically proven dimensions. She's like, for us, just like what? I can see my my display. I can see my beer. I can see my bowl of water. And this has depth, this has a certain distance from my body, and I can grasp this. But just like you were saying, like trying to understand things that we are not used to, or we merely have an, an, a notion of what this is, is biologically impossible. Mm -hmm. There's like a blockage there. It's like, like, um, but I, I think there. it's interesting that you can sort of theoretically prove something that no one understands, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> how? <laughs> it's, that's uh, that's uh, the magic of numbers. Right, right. Yeah. Like, I had um, two uh, seminars because, like, in, uh, in Bachelor, you can use, like, uh, complementary seminars. Uh, and I mistakenly choose uh, astronomy, astronomy one and astronomy two. It was like God, the God's um, um, influence that I passed those two, but I was like on, on like on the limit of passing those two seminars. Anyway, um, I didn't understand. I didn't understand the, the quite the like deep physics of how astronomy is. is uh, Fund, funded into but it made sense because you see the equations and maths don't lie mm. i mean if i'm i'm a structure well i used to work as an instructional engineer and it doesn't matter in which part of your world in of the world you are gravity affects pretty much the same the, the world at the same time because we have this constants one uh, 9.81 meters per square uh, second that's the gravity constant in on on this planet and it never changes hmm. okay but now 2018 they they have proven that the theory of relativity the numbers actually matches with reality because um they discovered um gravity waves What's i don't that? know if uh gravity uh, waves Gravity waves, um, some couple of thousands years afar from, from our galaxy, a supernova happened. And supernova, what, what, um, what makes or what, what their reaction is that all the space-time continuum all, all around this supernova um, is disrupted or vibrates. So we saw the supernova and we saw that it was about to happen from our perspective, but it happened thousands of years ago mm. because uh, light, I'm, this, to explain this concept in, in English is quite very difficult. Like even in Spanish, it's very difficult to, for me to explain because I'm not, I'm not an, astronomers, mm. an astronomist. But the thing is we proved or we we. we prove that the numbers match because we observed this 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 curving into space time 
from two different parts of the world at exactly one millisecond apart after it came into the world. Mm. So gravity and gravity, it's super, it's super difficult. I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> but well, I mean, I'm me, trying to understand too. It's not, it's not that easy for, for an idiot like me to, to grasp what you're saying, but I, I you know, I think I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot as well. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so don't, we're like, I'm not better than you on this topic, but for me, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, I, for me, it was like, oh my God, like this, this is true. And it, it, it has been proven. I don't even can imagine what what else we don't know right. about um, everything. Mm. You know, we we are just like like little ants in our planet. We're our colony, and we're just it's so busy with society and politics and uh, the small things, personal problems. I I couldn't get uh, the best. DSL tariff or I couldn't get the best price for the shoes I wanted. Like this is just this very small world we live into. Yeah. And we we forget continuously forget the, the whole picture, you know? Yeah. It's like we're hypnotized by everyday life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We're like living in these uh yeah, very structured ways. Like basically like your life is even though you're from Mexico living in Germany, it's like your life is pretty much the same as mine. You know, it's like uh, we have different jobs. We have different like personal issues, personal hobbies. But you drink Coca-Cola, like you have a McDonald's outside your house. Like it's the same. It's like and you go to work from nine to five. Like we live pretty much the same life, even though we've never met. We've never lived in the same place. And th this is actually unheard of if you go back any time in history like if you go back uh, say 50 years 100 years so so yeah we have the same we we're <laughs> uh we have the same frustration when we re realize that we paid too much for a shoe that was supposedly on sale whatever like these small problems or you know like uh if we post uh, an image on facebook that gets zero likes like oh what the fuck like you know it's like <laughs> the same weird weird uh societal although personal issues that it's just like um uh what's it called like um gentrifying the whole planet yeah yeah like yeah, just makes everything the same right it takes me two hours to get to berlin maybe tops like so of course everything's going to be the same there because to travel there is not very complicated or expensive so yeah but that's a, a i don't know how we came into that topic but uh. <laughs> yeah it actually um it's it's just i understand that uh we just um we are just kings of our small castle and we shared this castle with pretty much um all the people in this world yeah. and we just like concentrate into the smallest things and we give so much power to these small problems. I just like, I feel myself very stupid whenever I see like the, or I remember that there's a big picture because I'm so enslaved into yeah. the system. And it's very depressing, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. It's something called, uh, 
like uh, it may, might not really be that relevant to this, but cognitive dissonance. Do you know that is? Yeah. Or I, I don't. Um, I I know what it means. In right. Sp well, in Spanish, or if I translate it, but uh, I don't grasp. Like I don't know about the the theory. Well, it's just like uh, it's more of a phenomenon, really. It's just like a a, a thing that all humans experience almost every day. Uh, like you know what is right to do, but you see yourself do the opposite, and so that creates like uh, a bad feeling, and so you try to defend that, right? So you try for yourself, like no one's questioning you, but you're just like, say, say you know that smoking is bad for you, right? And you catch yourself smoking, right? It creates a bad feeling. And then you say to yourself, well, I look very cool smoking. Or you say to yourself like, well, uh, well, I'm going to die soon anyway. Or like all my friends do it, right? So, so this happens a lot because that, I think that's a part of what you're saying. You're saying like, uh, I wish I was not as enslaved into this ego, uh, worrying about small, uh, stupid issues like the price of shoes I want or uh, an argument with my girlfriend and instead try to focus on like, wow, I am a human being existing on this planet. What the fuck is this? You know? Like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's exactly how I feel. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's interesting. It's interesting. Because like, but it's also, you know, in a weird way, it's like, if you're going to think about that, all these like hypotheticals, these like, oh, what if, what about that? What is this? What are stars? Like, why is this like, you know, why this circadian rhythm? Like whatever, uh, you know, what what's the fourth dimension? What's the fifth dimension? You know, if you're going to think about all this every day, it's, it gets really um, exhausting for your brain, right? It's yeah. very like, it's much easier to just talk about a soccer game or something. Yeah. Like, so, and I also think there's something there, you know, like talking about this uh, entity, right? Who's playing, it's not one entity, but like 8 billion people and whatever X number of animals and trees and whatever. Like, I think there's a reason for why it's so, why it's, <laughs> it requires a lot of cognitive energy and resources to think about big picture stuff. And, uh, you know, I think there's like a reason, like you're not, you can, you can ponder it and you can do experiments and, do some scientific research and that's great but i mean uh admitting to it 100 percent of your time right to it, right it's, it would just be like you would probably go insane like yeah like yeah it would just be a, an insane genius just like yeah you would figure out a lot of things but you would just be yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm just like i'm just defending to myself why i'm not thinking about uh uh all these hard issues all the time but uh but yeah from personal experience it's just like it's 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 heavy it's just it, it's it's uh, tiring you know we don't even have to go that far away or that far uh, to to the extern but trying to understand myself yeah, yeah it's yeah. exhausting yeah why do i do things like i do why do i feel about things like I feel and you know like um, if you don't have a very solid uh, identity in yourself you might get lost oh yeah and um, 
it's it's there's a lot of things that it's, are very exhausting but at the end it's just like what do i have to understand first because we try to do parallel things we we try like we are multitasking um every single day we're trying to solve problems with our job um extern we have to um do the small things then i have to understand myself then i have to take care of my body then i have to take care of my relationships then i take you know and i don't know how people i mean I, i mean i'm sick and i know that there are a lot of people that are sick as well and maybe the sickness is 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 known as depression right because it's very depressing like it's very depressive because we we are always constant constantly thinking we don't give ourselves a break we try to we have we are living through this um uh, optimizing culture that you have to optimize yourself you have to stay up at five in the morning you have to hit the gym you have to get the body to get all the the instagram models and uh, i have to be the better at my job and i can't prioritize blah 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 and just like optimizing yourself and just go crazy you know because you're trying to optimize something that is not supposed not supposed to be optimized we're just supposed to live and that's it there's well, well depends on how which kind of philosophy you you follow but i mean why we why we do this to ourselves you know yeah i know i think it's i think it's uh you know i think first of all i think a huge problem you know you were talking about uh, or you mentioned like just figuring out first of all like one thing is scientific research, but another thing is just like uh, self-research or self-like introspection, like trying to figure out why do I feel this? Why do I do this? Why am I, why why am I doing this meaningless routine every day or whatever it is? So that's one thing, and I think a big part of that which creates problems is like from an evolutionary standpoint, I think uh, it has been essential for human beings to. Uh, work as this um, this this troubleshooter, like this this uh, solver of problems. Like, oh, we don't have food, we don't have shelter. Okay, we need to fix this. We need to fix this ASAP for our survival. Oh, we have kids. Okay, well, we need to keep them alive because otherwise, you know, we're not gonna <laughs> we're not uh, our species are gonna die. Uh, um. And I think now that we have this very comfortable way of living, you know, we talked about universal income uh, and there's just like everything is so easy. You could basically sit at your home, uh, get all the food you want ordered in, uh, watch all the porn or watch all the have all the hedonistic pleasures a king would have 50 years ago. You know what I mean? And it would almost be free. So on top of that, if you get universal income, like what's the point? But but back to the that back to the thing about uh, the troubleshooter. I think. I think, if you identify, which most people do, I would say, if you identify as this troubleshooter that your brain is, you're gonna end up, enslaved by, uh, constantly working on your productivity and efficiency because. 
life is set up in a way that there is there are always problems to solve. So if you think that you are a problem solver, almost like a, a computer or you know a machine, it's like well you're gonna find yourself in your introspective moments. Like wait a minute, what have I been doing for the last five years? Have I just been like working on getting more efficient, more productive? For what reason? Uh, now I have cancer and I have this great six pack, but like I've been hating myself and everyone around me for the last five years. So what the hell was the point of that? And it's because you're identifying with a troubleshooter like a machine. And I, I, I listened to this uh, podcast, the Lex Friedman podcast, um, and they were talking about um, uh, um, historical uh, time periods. And they were saying, like, uh, you know, the, the, that the period we live in right now could be, you know, named like something like the, te- the age of technology, right? And uh, that in the age of technology, like you said, it seems like people are living like machines in a way that they are always trying to be more and more efficient. You know, all technology around us, like the new iPhone, it's faster, it's better, it's got bigger resolution. Like, it's always that, right? Oh, this has better battery, this has better memory, it's always that. So you try to do that with yourself. And so you almost guilt yourself if you do nothing for a day. You're like, what the fuck? This was not efficient. I am not a good (laughs) robot. (laughs) You know, and it's like, well, why do you want to be efficient? Where are you going? If you're going to... uh, if you're going to New York, you probably should take a plane, right? But it's like, if you're not going anywhere, like we're not going anywhere in life, like, so why, why is this, why this need to be extremely productive and efficient? I, it doesn't really make any sense, but I also think it's because we're surrounded by technology and the evolution of technology is, is to be more and more efficient, like a robot. So you try to do that yourself because everyone else is doing it, you know? And I think also another aspect of it is internet. I think um, because of the access to all types of information, not just information about what other people around you are doing at every single time of the day, but just information about how to do this. How do I do this? How do I fix a car? How do I get a six-pack? How do I approach girls, whatever it is, like the answer is online. And so everyone is trying to be everything. Everyone is trying to be an Instagram model and an artist and a highly educated person and a career person. And just like, you know, trying to be more and more productive, more and more efficient, but it it leads nowhere. (laughs) There is no, there is no end goal. So that's why I think a lot of people are depressed because it seems meaningless when you have been told a lie that it should be meaningful, right? I don't know. I'm just going on. Well, it's actually, it's actually true. Um, I've been, I mean, I, I'm not being very busy with uh, philosophy lately, um, but uh I'm I'm trying to understand like I'm I'm reading Plato right now. Okay. I'm just like f- like finding my way into the under the cornerstone, and then afterwards I'm gonna go up up up. Um, but uh, 
it is true and actually my girlfriend told me because i've I'm, I'm been laughing a lot about memes uh, that um have something with uh, uh with nihilism nihilism yeah yeah and she told me that it's a very difficult philosophy wing because it's a very depressant uh, wing or or perspective of philosophy or it's a very present uh, depressant depressant yeah depressive like it's a depressive way of thinking um yeah exactly yeah uh, she, she, she she told me because uh well she's she's more into human uh, into um human sciences and assess me because I, I I deal with technology and with engineering, not exactly with human sciences. I'm very passionate about it, but I I'm not the m most um, uh, readed guy into the topic. But she told me that um, the the world or or the philosophical um, um, community is trying to not talk about nihilism because it's dangerous for the psyche of people precisely because i think the the thesis is um there's no matter on this world like life doesn't matter and nothing has a purpose right it's very so, it's very freeing in many ways, but it, it, it means you have no uh, hierarchy of values. So exactly. being with your girlfriend, let's say, doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah. So that's why it's very hard to relate to people uh, who are nihilistic, you know. Like, uh, I remember I was, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just thought about this. Like yeah, the, only, the only uh, nihilistic uh, guy was like openly a nihilist. He was also an alcoholic and a drug addict, of course. But he was, um, he was. Uh, I was at this, um, you know, just get together in a park, and he was one of the guys who were there. We were like ten people, and uh, you know, it was just weird because uh, when we were walking back, and of course during there as well. But when we were walking back, he just like kicked the guy in the balls. Like one of the guys in the crew, and he was like, "Fuck you," you know. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, "I was like, wow, I gotta stay away from this person." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that's that's what I'm saying. Like a person, not that he is uh, a representative of nihilism, but he was a self-admitted nihilist. So, um, <laughs> so it's very hard to relate to someone who has no hierarchy of values, like being a devil. And being a nice guy means nothing. It doesn't have any, like, punching a guy in the face doesn't mean anything. Like, it, it's not bad. It's not good. It just has no value, right? That's why it's kind of depressing. Because it's like, if you have no hierarchy of values, you have nothing to stand for. Like, you have no, nothing means anything to you. So, how are you, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Being in the presence of a guy like that is must be very dangerous because this guy has nothing to lose you know it well, it's true i i was thinking about my the way i see life and i thought i was nihilist uh, but i don't i don't really think because i would never punch a guy in the face just right, because right. of that 
because you have you have some values right you have some values like yeah yeah so by definition you cannot be a nihilist i mean uh, it just doesn't make uh yeah by definition you can't be i think yeah it doesn't match well it's it's true i i I wish it, it just the topic um came out because um Finding what's the purpose of life is maybe the most intriguing question that has been around since humanity has evolved into a self-conscious being. And I think, and I I, I told my girlfriend uh, several times that maybe the like the nicest or or the most wonderful thing that could happen to me in my life before I die is making contact because that will mean that we could have a lot to of a lot of answers to our questions because I do believe um, I mean if you, if you think about the Fermi paradox that the alien cultures or uh, alien technology alien beings are thousands and thousands and thousands of year of years more advanced that that we are that they maybe know how gravity works they maybe know where the universe uh, started we have our a very light idea about the big bang but what happened before big bang it was like just like vacuum and space and nothing being like there are so many questions that i i invest a lot of time into thinking how to answer them like idiotically because i'm not being able like how i am gonna be able to understand like to even un not understand the questions, but to lightly answer them. Mm. And I do believe that no one on this world, at least human being, because they're like reptil, uh, rept, rept, reptiloids, or what, what is this theory? Reptilians? Or- reptilians, reptilians. Yeah. Uh, the whole the reptilians uh, theory or conspiracy and whatever. But uh, human beings, I don't think that there's a single human being on this planet that can under like can answer these questions right and if we understand where we came from what we are and where we're leaving to understand it in a non-traditional three-dimensional form we can answer a lot of questions like seriously a lot of questions Mm -hmm. and maybe we were we weren't so self-centered as we are we we are having right now the the Ukraine problem with with Russia with Russia and the, the whole OTAN, just trying to deal with this problem, and the most likely answer to where this problem is coming from is money, mm, resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Resources. Yep. And that's it. Like we we are in the 21st century we already lived through um industrial uh revolution we have come a very long way and this is the best we got mm, mm. you know like 
and to be honest is i don't i don't think that we as a civilization um really have been going through we haven't achieved nothing yeah we have more entertainment we have more consume um options we have we can now go to thailand and have a blast of a weekend in 24 hours <laughs> maybe less yeah and then come back to to um cold winter in europe <laughs> but yeah. what have we achieved yeah nothing yeah 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 and i mean it, it really depends on your uh your um your um say scale of success like how do you how do you measure achievement like human historical achievement like because essentially we i think in my opinion um although i'm always curious about everything and anyone um but i think can we can we get is there any way that we can have more pleasures like more available like all the porn in the world you'll you'll never be you'll never watch all the porn you'll never watch all the series on netflix like you'll never there's always gonna be a burger that is really good really cheap um you know uh some countries have legalized drugs if you want to use that go and use that you know like you said you can take a trip to thailand be back in 24 hours enjoy yourself it's like um it seems like there's very i you know there's very <laughs> i don't understand how we can get better the only way that i see that we can get better is like um uh, uh, uh creating simulations like creating uh, virtual realities where you can sort of get your dreams come true but that um in itself would also be just like a feeling like it might be like of course eventually like virtual reality is going to be so good that you'll just like you'll do that for as long as you can and you'll feel like okay today i want to save a princess from a burning tower or whatever and you'll and it will feel realistic and you will get all the feelings of that i think or today i want to be like messy and you'll sort of live that life for a couple of days and you're like oh yeah that was great uh, just like watching a good movie now on a screen, it would just be more realistic. Like now I want to be Batman, right? But that in itself is also just like, it's a good feeling. That's why we want it. We want a good feeling. We want to feel good. And I just think that uh, there is so many <laughs> cheap ways, almost free ways to feel really good all the time now. So I don't really understand other than great VR I don't really understand how we can get any better. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, we can be a, what uh, Jeffrey Bezos and Elon Musk are trying to do, like become a, a multi-planet species, right? Great, great. Uh, but why? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's like, and and uh, Richard Branson trying to like do um, space tourism and all this stuff, it's like why would we want to do that? Well, it's because of a feeling. We want to feel what it's like to travel in space. We want to feel what it's like to be on another planet or to be an astronaut. And it's it's just like 
yeah, that will feel great for a little bit. Um, uh, and you know, I'm starting to sound like a nihilistic person now. I feel, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, but it's essentially all feelings, like, and we have all we have access to all all pleasures that you can imagine, like that a king would want. Uh, you know, uh, throughout history, we have that available all the time now. And so it's just not that special anymore. You know? Like there are gold-covered stakes. What the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> like what, what are we doing here? You know, like what? what yeah. Like it's, you know, I don't it's, know. Yeah, it's... um, um hedonism right like just leaving for the pleasure mm. and i mean i i have to i have to be honest i um i i do believe i'm a, i'm pretty i i let myself go um with my sexuality for example i always want to experience something new yep. but as soon as i experience it it was like oh it was great oh now i want to experience something like more powerful like something that gives me more pleasure and this is like a non end race till i die eventually yeah but it is true i haven't found an answer to say okay this is all right. I'm happy with this. Mm. You know, like, because I'm constantly searching for more pleasure. Yeah. And, um, like, people invest their money into things that make them feel pleasure. You call it a Gucci bag, yeah. uh, sunglasses. You call it, like, vacation on, I don't know. Thailand, five-star hotel, whatever. But I purely invest my money in humanistic things, uh, sexually-wise. Like All of your money goes into your sexuality? Like, five, I, 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 like I, oriented, I orient myself into 50% my life uh, costs, 30% fund, fund money, and 20% savings. But all my fund money goes to 70 80% and just like sexual pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. It seems like that's a lot of money. Right? It is a lot. Yeah. But if, if I see myself as a third person and I just watch myself, just like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, is, is this life? It's just like enjoying sex in, in, in like different ways because latex clothing, for example, is very expensive. Right, right. I just want a catsuit that I just uh, I just bought. It was like uh, six hundred years. Jesus. So you know, and it takes much of my of my fun budget away. Right, right. And instead, I called I don't know, save for a trip or a more pleasurable trip with more luxurious things but i'm i'm like oh no but sex is way more enjoyable than going into a trip for example right right 
And I just see myself as a third person. And my, my girlfriend already told me this. And she told me, like, you are a very animalistic human being. I was like, why are you saying this? And she told me, like, because you just guide yourself about, like, towards sex, sexual pleasure. Sexual pleasure is just, like, your best thing or the, the, the thing or the concept that gives you more pleasure, the most pleasure. I was like, geez, geez, Batman. Well, and I, I think it's <laughs> it's like the most natural thing to do, though, isn't it? Like, and uh, you know, some people die from their uh, main pleasure being food. Some people die sure. from their main pleasure being skydiving or uh, cliffhangers or uh, you know whatever. It's like. Um, it's not the worst uh, ple pleasure to be to sort of dwell into, but um, but everyone has their uh, their thing, you know. Whether it's a certain fetish or it's like an addiction to drugs, alcohol, food, addiction to say status, right? Like uh, oh yeah, yeah, right? that's like, a big like one. you said, the Gucci bag and everything like that. Like um, so that's yeah. that's a thing. Like my point is. Is that all? Like, we're just following our pleasure and just like, <laughs> I, I see myself in a third person mm. and I, I say, wow, what a very um, um, sad being you are. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's true. But I think you could also, it's, it's a choice. It's a, a choice. You're, you're choosing that perspective and that's true. It is very sad if you look in the big picture. But you could also turn it around and you could say like, what the fuck? I am this organism living on this planet, as far as we know, alone in this uh, <laughs> this uh, this infin infinity of a universe. Um, the result of thousands and thousands of years of people fucking. I am the height of evolution. Uh, you could say like, uh, and now I have eighty years to pleasure myself. <laughs> And feel good and feel bad in order to feel good again. And feeling good after feeling bad will always be better than all uh, than always feeling good because of relativity. Um, and so it's like you could also take that perspective, and that would be just as true. You know, this is the whole paradox I would say of philosophy. It's like they're all right, they're all correct, yep. and yep. so it's like it's really just a matter of perspective. Like, um, you know, if you want to, if you want to say, you can't really say that nihilism is wrong and you can't really say hedonism is wrong or right. And like, or that, uh, utilitarianism is wrong. It's just like, no, they're, they're all right. If you choose to have that perspective, but it's just a matter of perspective. And, you know, some people can't choose their perspective. They're like sort of enslaved by, by their culture or by their, uh, upbringing or by their own mind right their own ego they're like oh i didn't choose to look at the world this way but i have i am in this position where i where i do look at the world this way and uh, and that's right too so you know it seems yeah yeah i don't know it's um so it's funny because you are right <laughs> no matter how you look at the world you could say ah it's a meaningless place 
and you could say, oh, it's such a meaningful place. Like I get to, I get to hug my girlfriend and make sure that for that moment, uh, this organism who is here with me and sharing this fucked up experience of being a human on earth actually has a good time. Like how more yeah. meaning could an organism have than to make sure that another organism has a good time for like uh, a couple of minutes? Like that is so meaningful, right? Like, so it's it's not hard to make something extremely meaningless, meaningful and vice versa. It's just a matter of perspective. Like, like, uh, like you said, you're watching yourself uh, from a bird's perspective or a third person perspective. And it's like, that's just you judging yourself and you can judge yourself either way. But, uh, and you'll both be right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or Yeah, 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 yeah sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just thinking about what you're saying because of, it, it well it's it is true um uh, but the thing is what is true yeah, <laughs> but exactly. we don't wanna <laughs> we don't wanna get into <laughs> the discussion <laughs> um yeah yeah it's true um everything makes sense but at the same time at the same time nothing makes sense uh, this triviality of experiencing and and thinking logical about life jesus the complexity is just overwhelming you know uh, i think that's why human beings we just at least i do i try to um constantly distract till I die because it's so overwhelming and as soon as I get like kind of an answer of one thing I immediately have 10 more questions and so much uncertainty it's unbelievable to bear it's very overwhelming at, at the whole aspect and this is exactly why I decided myself to remain as a very um, stupid sexual human being because over, otherwise I don't know if I could enjoy life at all. Right. Constantly trying to fix my life, constantly trying to be a better self or to self, to serve society better or globalization better or my country, for people that believe in countries. Um, and I don't know, it's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I feel trapped. Yeah, yeah, you are, you know, in yeah. many ways. Like, that's true. That is true. Um, in talking just like one, one last idea, talking about being trapped into our body, uh, self it's unbelievably amazing that the actual society pays that much attention to bodies to bodies this is like to, to, a, to body to attraction to geometry symmetry whatever mm, mm, mm. it's this is this never start like ends to amaze me how we ended up just like 
paying that much attention. I, I tell you, like, I, I find my girlfriend very attractive. Yeah, and, me too. Me too. And, <laughs> and <laughs> the thing is, uh, don't, don't worry. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not jealous at all. <laughs> um, when? When did this happen? Why do I pay that much attention to, to just an avatar? You know, because I know that my girlfriend is way more than a, just a body or a cute face. Like, why is society so much like body oriented or attract like, like superficial? Just, and why I'm so like enslaved into paying that much attention into this, you know, mm -hmm. at least, at least me, I'm just talking for myself. I'm not saying that everyone is like me. But it's it's a big rock in the shoe. Yeah, and I think I think uh, I think everyone is like you uh, to a certain extent, unless you're like asexual, which is a very small minority. But you know, there's a reason for uh, there's like something in psychology called like uh, attractive equals good or equals great, and uh, you know so. You know, there's never, <laughs> there's never an ugly person in a commercial. You know, you never, you always want to associate something attractive with your brand, whatever it is. That's why there's models at car shows because they're trying to sell this life that if you buy this car, you'll have this attractive woman. And so the question is, why do you want that attractive woman, right? That's kind of what you're asking. Like, why? Do I find myself so sexually dumb and superficial? When it, like, why am I so so attracted to this person just because of the symmetry of their face, their body shape? And I think it's because you are more than your personality. You are a result of evolution, and you are set up in a way where you're subconsciously you're looking for features that would create the best outcome like the best child so you know that's why heterosexual males and heterosexual females have um certain um uh features they look for in a partner that are pretty much universal no matter where you are uh, and they're very superficial. And, uh, you know, if you're introspective like you are now and you're saying, like, why, why am I so superficial when it comes to mating, when it comes to find what is attractive, who I want to have sex with? I think it's very simple. It's because uh, it's the same reason for why an orgasm feels good. It's because that is your purpose, uh, to bring the species forward. And the more attractive a person is, right, the better, whatever constitutes that attractiveness, the better, uh, 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 the better off your child uh, will be potentially. So, so that's why women often look for men who are financially stable, who are like uh, I think in my psychology book it said five years older. Uh, and uh, older than them, in average, and men look for women who are about five years younger, in average, because 
uh, because of fertility, right? And women look for that because of uh, stability and maturity and being able to take care of the child. Um, and that's why also muscles are attractive because it's potential, you know, it's a lot of energy. And uh, in order to protect the, say, the woman and the, uh, the child, muscles are needed to get resources, whether that's money or food, and also protect for enemies, right? I think the reason for why, like, big titties and ass are attractive on a female is because of um, uh, basically being able to take care of the child. I think there's something about the hip ratio which constitutes something like, uh, oh, fuck, I forget what it was. Is it more safe for birth? Or something. Uh, it's something about uh, giving birth and this hip ratio. Like, why are big asses attractive or small asses? I don't know. Um, but there's something about the hip. Something about yeah. the hip on women, which uh, has something to do with birth. And of course, the titties is, you know, milk and nutrition to the kids. So, But just like right now, let's, let's just take the. Um, most sex symbol or the most um, uh, well-known sex symbol worldwide, which will be maybe, I don't know, some, some say uh, Kim Kardashian, someone say, some other will say Kendall Jenner. Right, both in the are way family. two different body types, way yeah. two different body right, types. Right, 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 yep. But the thing is, uh, right now, the, the, the most... Um, well-known body type for sexiness will be actually 90 60 90 so which are 90 centimeters diameter on the chest 60 centimeters um on the well it's, it's very specific like there's I've, I've been i've been reading a lot about like why this geometry is, is so specific but it's, if you say, for example, Victoria's Secret Angels, right. which are internationally known, every single one of them are 90, 60, 90, or at least with a ratio of plus two, one, two centimeters uh, um, aside. But um, this like 90, 60, 90 is absolutely not the best biologically suited, suited body to get birth so we're defying natural selection through just um idol idolatrizing idolizing yeah idolizing this specific body type the the face futures i can like there are like very specific how like futures i i, I won't I, I won't i don't know how to specifically um describe the futures but i i mean i mean visually you can visualize them and we, there's a global consensus but right now talking about just like purely body um the thing is we are defying natural selection because those women are not the most suited ones to get babies you know i th is is it possible that this because the uh, the models say in the 50s before the pill 
they were not like Victoria's Secret models. Uh, if you look at like what was attractive then, it was like, you know, love handles, nice. right? Like, you know, a natural human being. But what happened? What happened? The pill came along and suddenly, um, I'm just, you know, theorizing now. I'm just saying shit. But um, the pill came along in the 60s, I think. And um, this was a game changer because now women could decide whether or not to have a kid. It wasn't really so they could now decide uh, their own their own bodies, and that in itself is like you say defying natural selection in a way, right? It's it's like saying no, no, no. We can we can have sperm inside of a vagina all day, every day, as long as you're on the pill. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and so maybe since the '60s up until now, the type of female body type that we idolize has changed because of contraceptives like that you know like because uh, now birth is not really an issue like yeah. uh, like you know maybe maybe I'm just thinking like what's the reason for for this whole anorexia uh, you know pandemic or epidemic and uh, and uh, these Victoria's Secret models right like like you said like I'm thinking maybe maybe that's it. Maybe it could be a part of it at least. You know, I'm just thinking why yeah. we idolize these body types who are not really, from an evolutionary standpoint, a good thing to idolize. Yeah, makes a lot of sense actually. Um, and I think the like, and the on the on the counterpart, like men are not or they don't. They don't have this strict kind of, kind of like image scheme because we are the providers in the modern society. Society like like since till a couple of decades ago, men used to um, used to win or to bring the most uh, financially support to the household. Um, well, now the, the tendency and the statistics are, are changing abruptly yep. because women are, are flat, flattening the curve into uh, COVID-wise, like just taking that into perspective, um, minimizing this, this difference between um, wage gaps. And you, you see this like in, in countries like Scandinavia, for example, um, Middle Europe, maybe in other countries like mine, not that extreme. But uh, yeah, like why in the last two decades, for example, in which the wage gap has been decreasing, why we do pay more attention? Or do you think, I don't know, like I'm, I'm saying this from, from, from my perspective, which I'm a white male <laughs> i don't want to start talking about that but I'm, I'm i'm very influenced into my white privileged male life yeah um i'm conscious of, i'm conscious about this uh, but i don't know if it's different like do women want more six-packed guys as guys want more um um 
Victoria's Secret models the kind answer, of body type? The answer is no. The answer is no. Like, research says no. But, I mean, of course, they find, uh, like, you understand why a person with a lot of great muscles, uh, like a man with a lot of six-pack and great athletic body, you understand, even from a heterosexual point of view as a man, why that is attractive, right? So I think most women will find that attractive as well. But essentially, it's not, they're not as body fixated as men are. They're not as superficial as men are. They're looking for other things in a mate. And this has been like replicated in research study after research study all over the world. So so the, the easy answer is no. But of course, they too are looking for, uh, you know, I, you know that's, that's a part of the reason for why like men can compensate with things like uh, yeah. uh, money or good look, no, like uh, 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 being personality. funny, personality, being funny, right? Like Being funny. Right? Uh, things like this. Whereas it's not really the same for women, you know, to compensate with those things. Like if you're really ugly, uh, maybe not really ugly, but you're not that uh, physically attractive, but you're kind of funny. Like, it's not gonna have the same compensation effect as if it was a man. I think in mate selection. It it is true, but what intrigues me that much is why, and I think the answer is very complicated. <laughs> Well, well, men are more uh, visual, you know. That's it's basically that in mate selection, men are more uh, visual creatures when it comes to things like that. That that's all we know from research, and it's like what I know too from like uh, personal anecdotal experience. It's like I don't know why. I don't know why, but. There's a reason for why women wear makeup and we don't. You know? There's a reason for why most plastic surgeries are done on women. Jesus. Or why women, for some reason, wear, like, um, high heels. Things like this. It's like, it's very unpractical doesn't make any sense to wear it at all other than the visual part of it right i mean it's such a weird thing high heels it's such a, like it does it has no it has no uh <laughs> function other than to like for some reason i don't even understand how it works but it just makes your leg legs look better or makes you higher it's something i don't know but it's all visual Right. It's all just, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> We've covered a lot of topics in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're trying to just get all, all over all the topics. <laughs> Covering all the topics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's fun. Oh, man. Yeah. No, it's, um, I'm, 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 I mean, there are a lot of questions going through my mind uh, during during a normal day but i think that's one of the questions which i haven't paid that much time into answering like may it, it might 
be some research about that for sure. Like I'm, I'm one hundred percent or ninety nine percent sure that someone already researched that uh, this. But like, is this is this cultural influence or is it biological? Hmm. Well. It's, it's the uh, it's the never ending debate, you know, this whole thing about um uh, oh fuck. Norwegian is well I'm trying to f- f- <laughs> uh find the English term for it. Like yeah, like biological versus environment yeah. or culture, yeah. Um nature versus nurture. That's it. Yeah, uh, nature versus nurture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the never-ending debate. You know, the chicken or the egg. It's like, well, it's not really uh, that simple. I think they just affect each other. But these these, I mean, remember in like my first psychology textbook, it was like, um, uh, you know, this is this is a um, universal thing. There are certain features that heterosexual females look for in a man. Uh, that um, goes beyond borders or beyond continents and cultures. And there are also culture-specific trends and features that uh, some cultures find attractive. Um, but, um, but yeah, there are some universal features for men and women um, that the other heterosexual... Uh, Sex finds attractive, which is why we have uh, models and why attractive people work. Like why you can make a commercial with uh, an attractive female in America and use the same commercial in Japan, and it will probably have the same effect. Crazy, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, um. It's very hard for me to understand because I, 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 I was already born when globalization took all over the world. So I don't know. It's really difficult for me to understand if this is just like a cultural thing or it's like a, uh, a nature thing. Because now that I, I, I mean, I live 14,000 kilometers away from, my, um, from where I was born through internet and way before through globalization like the standards were already there for everyone to look at so we now to answer the question is way more difficult because you don't have like cultural limitations because we are just like one huge bowl sharing pretty much all the western culture and you see china and they are way different than the rest of the world mm. maybe because they are being isolated because of uh, uh, from all this globalization influence and uh, i was in guangzhou for two weeks in china it was crazy like <laughs> it was like being in mars people were just like looking at me taking pictures of me and i was like what the heck is going on <laughs> you know because for them a western dude is like something that doesn't happen every single day right right and for me it was really weird uh and ultimately uncomfortable 
but um, I see that there's at least one last piece of huge uh, population that hasn't been influenced by globalization that much because they have brands as well. They have Jordans, they have Gucci and whatever, but at least they don't have, um, I don't know, humor senses or expect expectations of life. The, 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 wellness expectation of the common Chinese person is way, way less or way, way um, um, or lesser than the one from a European citizen because there are standards in Europe and in China that are way other standards. One, like one person can be, I've met um, one guy that was really happy to work um, nine, nine, um, six, six, nine, nine, which is six days in a week from nine in the morning till nine in the evening. And he was feeling um, successful because he had a job. Yeah. yeah. So like their expectations of lives are way, way um different than most of the first world countries right what's the the difference well first of all china is like exceptionally different in many ways but the main difference in that culture i think is uh, the individualistic culture which is the western countries and the collectivistic collectivist collectivist yep. culture uh so like when he says that he works six days a week for 12 hours a day like it means that he is a big contributor to his society and to the economy, no matter if he's poor or if he's, uh, you know, if he barely gets paid or whatever, but like at least he's contributing. And so he has a value. That's his value for society. So he feels good. But, you know, the main population of China is really, really poor, like extremely poor. Like they, you know, they eat bats. So now we're sitting here, you know, in this pandemic, <laughs> like they have to, I'm not, I'm not like judging them saying, Oh, look at these weirdos. They eat bat soup and bats and mouse mice and spiders and whatnot. But like they have to, there's a reason for why they do it. It's not like, you know, it's cause they're really poor. Um, the general population is, but there's also this other weird thing about China, which is like, the government uh, and the economy or like businesses and organizations, they're sort of the same. And so it's, of course, this is not really controversial to say, this is very common now, but this is why it's a matter, of, it's just a matter of time before China takes over the world. And some may argue that they already have because all of the production is there. And so it's like all countries, well, first of all, they own all the countries in Africa basically by just uh, lending the money and buying up uh, land. So they own the resources there. And, you know, like, I think at the start of the pandemic, it was something like, uh, they said that 90% of all the medicine in the US was produced in China or something. So if the US just suddenly said, hey, China, fuck you. China would just say, okay, we're not giving you any more medicine. 
all of the people who have diabetes are going to die. Like, <laughs> that's how they go to war. They're like, okay, you don't like us? Well, then we're just not going to do business with you. And because every McDonald's toy and every medicine and everything that the world needs is made in China, it's like you. everyone already depends on China. China is like the world's factory. So you can't really go to war against it. But that's, that's a whole different case. Went off, uh, Mark, I really need to go to the bathroom right now. Well, I'll be right well, back in like two minutes. Okay, okay. I'm and gonna... we, can, we can end, end uh, afterwards. Okay. But okay. otherwise, I can concentrate myself because I have a very small bladder. <laughs> I'm sorry about this. No, no worries. No worries. All right. All right. Back in business. Sorry about that, but no, uh, no. there's no like in between either. <laughs> I'm good. I'm just like, oh, oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna burst right now. Right, right. No, I mean we we've almost uh, almost done two hours now, really. So uh, yeah, that's understandable. Um, I have to catch a bus that leaves the school in the, about 17 minutes. Uh, so I have a couple of more minutes, but um, man, it's been great. It's been great. It's one of those things like we've had, uh, we've had two podcasts now. This is the second one. And before that, we, you know, after the first time was just like, I don't know, like three hours on Omegle or something. Just yeah. talked about anything and everything after uh, me and uh, a friend had had a night out on the town. And it was great. It was great, man. Uh, it's always great talking to you. It's always, uh, it's like, uh, yeah, I feel, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's rare, you know, when you can just sit and talk about life for two hours and it's just like, oh, oh, I like your perspective. What's your perspective? Oh, it's this. Okay. Oh, you're saying so. You know, it's like you can actually go back and forth and and have a valuable conversation. I, I do I do enjoy our conversations because I, I have to say, like, I learn a lot 
through your like through your arguments and it's very enriching um this is why it's very enjoyable to me for me to to engage into conversation with you i i do believe that you know a lot about how humans um work and i appreciate it and this is why why i'm very interested in your point of view and since we are pretty much the kind of personality that are we're we're the uh we agree more than like um uncomfortably disagree with other persons we are like oh like or or if you disagree you you are very respectful towards other persons it's very enjoyable and if maybe all the people will be like you on this planet maybe we won't have that much of ego problems going around so wow. well you just gave me a massive ego boost there so i don't know <laughs> maybe oh it's, it's really really enjoyable i have to say it and oh. and you don't you don't find uh, that kind of personality in, in the everyday so for me it's like a fucking pleasure wow just to just to talk average like two hours past and for me it was just like 10 minutes yeah same same it's it's like the the bladder is the clock exactly exactly <laughs> the bladder is like dude you have to attend this all right well uh well thank you very much and uh, i think that as a massive compliment that means a lot and uh of course it's uh i don't know if you heard that saying but it takes two to tango you know it is true so uh so uh wouldn't have been a good conversation without you and uh i always always appreciate these conversations so just know that whether or not like even if it wasn't a podcast i would still be like damn that was a good day just had a couple of hours with gregorio and uh yeah we uh we didn't really come to any conclusions but we solved some uh some problems and some issues got some new perspectives and uh that was more than enough so so yeah it's true all right no it was a pleasure as always marcus uh I'm looking forward for the next time. Of course, of course. Of course, it's going to be an next time. Maybe, maybe even I'm uh, going to come to Berlin or something and uh, we'll see We'll see what happens. Or if, or if you're in Norway, just let me know. Just let me know and uh, we can make something work. Yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, just one thing. I yeah. was in Berlin for a party, but I live in Erfurt. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, we We'll definitely go to a party in Berlin then, if, if something goes down. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good idea. <laughs> after after the pandemic measurements go right. over. But it's going to we have seen it before. It's going to um, be a couple of months, and then afterwards we're going to be able to party yeah. anyway. Hopefully. But you're always welcome. You, you know that. Uh, mi casa es tu casa. You know that. Ah, gracias. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you feel welcome, man. All right. Well, thank you very much, and uh, say uh, hi to your girlfriend from me. I will say. I will <laughs> All say. right, man. Bye-bye.